Today's topic is a topic that is so wide range. I mean, even as a kid, we went through this. And as adults, we continue to go through it. And it's, a, and it's just something that every single person in this place, especially with the, under the sound of my voice, I believe even children from the age of five and up go through this in their own little way. I mean, I won't even say little way because it's big for them, right? Sometimes we as adults think that childish things, and I'm sorry I said that. I shouldn't have said that. Because it all depends on the level you are in your life, right? That can weigh down someone in a completely different, you know, you may think a child's going through childish things, but it could be a big deal for them, right? We've seen nowadays how many times, well, I'm going to just give you the title now. It's called Pressure and Stress. Pressure and stress, that is the title. Keep it simple. The Lord told me, I, I have been looking at different articles, man. I was reading on Forbes when it comes to the workplace, when it comes to personal life, when it comes to, you know, when I was talking about kids or at least teenagers, the pressures that they go through, we may think it's little, but how many, how high is suicide rate right now? So let me, let me always refer back to what I said. There's no little type of problem just because of the age of someone, right? So, yeah, we always have to understand that there are different pressures and stresses in this life. The Lord told me to dive in um, this morning. Um, it's going to be very educational because I believe that, man, the body of Christ, we need to have more knowledge and more understanding in certain things. And I believe that there's a reason why the Bible says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. God knows what he's talking about. God knows exactly what he's talking about. And pressure and stress, they go hand in hand. But I'm going to talk I'm gonna about each one real quick and how they tie together and how, believe it or not, church, there's actually good pressure and good stress. I'm getting somewhere. Because every time you look at that, you can probably tell yourself, well, this, what is this guy about to say? Well, I'm about to say it. So pay attention. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the message that you have for your people this morning. I thank you, Father God, because every single word that will come out of my mouth is, is, is ordered by your spirit, Lord Jesus, so that your people may receive what you have in store for them. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I, I know that I know that I know, my God, they will not leave the same way they came in this place. In the name of Jesus, take total control. Amen. So let's start with the definition of each, right? Pressure definition as a noun, okay? It is continuous physical force exerted on or against an object by something in contact with it. I'll give you an example. Someone that gives you a pressure. He, for example, the slight extra pressure he applied in a handshake. The second way is that it's as a, as a noun, the use of persuasion, influence, or intimidation to make someone do something. The many peer pressures that teenage girls possibly have in, you know, wanting to look good in their looks. Peer pressure. We've heard of peer pressure before, right? Someone say amen. Now, as a verb, this is, this says here, attempt to persuade or coerce someone into doing something. For example, it might now be possible to pressure that individual because he or she may have made a big mistake in their job, so now they're pressured to resign. Are you with me, church? Say amen. amen. Now let's look at stress. 
Stress as a noun is pressure. You see, first word right there is pressure. They go hand in hand. Pressure or, or attention exerted on a material object. And the second one, as a noun, it says a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or a very demanding circumstance. When you hear stress, that's the one that we mostly like feel that's that's what it is when you think of stress you think of man it's not a good thing in this case if it's something that's extremely demanding if there's something you can tell that for example that person looks like he's under a lot of stress now as a verb stress to give particular emphasis or importance to a point statement or idea made in a speech or a writing for example they stressed the need for reform. Or I can't stress enough that you need to finish your homework. Parents tell that to their kids, right? Or I can't stress enough that you need to make sure you do your job. And number two, subject to pressure or attention. For example, this type of workout does stress the, the, the muscles, does could maybe stress the joints, and that is the second one. But do you know that stress, like I said, stress and pressure can be a good thing and a bad thing. Pressure and stress can lead to a positive outcome or a terrible outcome. And I'm going to dig deeper. I like how everyone's paying attention. I can't wait to hear what this guy has to say. My whole life I've been told pressure and stress is terrible. Sometimes, for example, pressure and stress affects your performance. Sometimes a little bit of heavy pressure can go a long way. And I'm going to give you some examples. When you're faced with a challenge, X, Y, Z, whatever the challenge may be, we've all felt it in our lives. How many times has that challenge, you feel that boost inside that, man, you can, and you overcome that challenge? You see, there was a little pressure there. You see, for example, wherever walk in your life you are possibly, that boost that you get in school, for example, when you know you need to study for an exam, that's a little bit of pressure. What do you do? Well, you react to that pressure. How do you react to it, positively or negatively? How you view it. it pressure in that case could be a bad thing if it's overwhelming. Oh, come on. But it's a good thing because you know that if you, that you push yourself to study, what are you going to do? Then you're going to study, you're going to get an A on that exam, and you're going to pass, and you're going to have a feeling of, you see, that's a good type of pressure. You have an assignment in your job, and you, you do it. You see, that's, maybe, maybe, you don't, maybe you're the type of person that's a video gamer. I don't know. I promise you, I've seen some people that make money doing that, and they have some pressure on themselves, too. I've, you may think it's a joke, but I've seen video gamers stress out. And I've, I've even, some, one, of, one of my uh, uh, friends' kid is like a professional video gamer. And this kid, sometimes he's pressured, but he, he's made a couple, he's made some money doing it. I'm not even going to lie. There's a little bit of, look, the same thing happens to athletes, especially when they're in front of a live audience. You see, me right now, I had, I had some pressure to be able to study for today, even though I was feeling bad yesterday. Yeah. 
That's good pressure. There's a little bit of stress there, but it's not when you hear the word stress, it could be bad, but it could be good when it's a little, when it's, when it's in a balance. For example, an athlete reaches its peak performance when it's time, when it's crunch time, and when they're around a bunch of people. If you look at, there's a stat here that said a lot of the, the a lot of the, in 2020 Tokyo Olympics, we obviously know what happened in 2020 with COVID, right? When the athletes were, were uh, all performing and there was no one there because the world was going to end, supposedly. And what happened, there's a, it says here, the, the, a lot of these athletes said they lacked performance and it hurt their performance instead of helped it because they, were, they, were, they weren't under enough stress. That's crazy, right? And that's verbatim from the Olympic athletes. These people are the best athletes in the world. And you see that. And here I'm going to give you examples of good stress and bad stress. I'm going somewhere with this church. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. You're learning something new today. So check this out. Let's talk about good stress. Good stress is occurred when we're faced with a healthy challenge, achieving a goal, taking on a new project, or stepping into a new role. It causes our sympathetic nervous system to activate, resulting in a flood of hormones throughout the body. This causes a burst of hyper-awareness. Trust me, guys. I've been researching this. Pay attention. You have an energy that helps you focus on another level. And you can learn new skills along the way. Now, bad stress, this is where most of us think of the word stress. And this is where we don't want to fall into. This is where the enemy knows perfectly well how he wants you to focus your stress levels on, right? When it's something that's, on the other hand, occurs when something is overwhelming. When we don't feel we have the resources we need, time, energy, maybe if you lack energy, maybe you feel like you don't have enough time, maybe you feel like you don't have the ability to do it. This can all cause a negative response. This is what happens when you now start feeling anxiety, depression. Bad stress typically lasts longer than good stress, unfortunately, because the majority of people are programmed but praise the Lord, we know today in the, in, the, in the children of God, we're not programmed like that to stick to lean towards the negative instead of the positive. And we're going to get to somewhere. I'm going to show you biblical examples and people in the Bible that had str- different pressures in their lives, but how they reacted to it changed everything. And this is for each and every one of us here. You watching me live on the Internet. I'm preaching to myself. Too much pressure can cause anxiety and, over, and being overwhelmed. Too little, check this out. If you have no pressures at all in life, you have no reason to wake up in the morning. Like, it's like, man, there's no pressure in grabbing the remote and changing the channel. Can I get an amen? One hand, you have poor performance due to no stress at all. One, you have poor, poor performance because you have too much of it. You have to have the right balance, and praise the Lord Jesus Christ, man, that when we cling to God, man, he will make, he will show you the way. He will teach you how to balance certain areas of your life because, you see, the Lord will give, the Lord will never give you something that you can't handle, but God's also going to give you something and put you in a test. It's all a test. 
He wants to see how you react to the pressure and to certain things that may come at you. But before we move on there, I want to talk about good pressure and bad pressure. Before we talked about good stress and bad stress. Look what it says here. And look at this right here is going is to just change your perspective on it. One thing is, I need to do something because. I need to versus I want to. Let's start with I need to. For example, everything around me will fall apart unless. I'll be a failure if what I'm working on fails. Listen to what people tell themselves. And look at, look at the, two, the difference. People I care about will think I'm incompetent. They'll think I'm dumb. I'm worried about my career. I'm worried about my future. My family's future is at risk. I have to go to church. You see, it's not a good place when you have those kind of thoughts. Because you feel like you'll have thousands of miles to get to where you need to go, but you're stuck in a hole. This is the moment where you become your biggest critic. This is when normally people feel alone. When doubt and fear begin to dominate the outcome. In this scenario, you feel like the whole world is watching you and they're just waiting for you to fail. That nobody has your back. Now, if you say it like this, I want to do something because I believe my work matters. I believe in the community that the Lord has placed me in. I want to be the change in the world. I'm empowered to have an impact. I feel supported around the, around the people around me that help me reaching my goals. And I have the privilege and opportunity to go to church. Not that I have to go. I'm blessed. I get to go. It's not that I have to go to work. I get to go to work. I have this opportunity. You see the difference? And that's the difference. When you're blessed with the opportunity, hallelujah, you, looked at, you have to look at life in a positive perspective. You see, that is good because that's a type of pressure. Now, okay, it's a different type of way and outpoint that you can. The way you view your life in this matter, man, everything changes. The same scenario, but you just look at it from a completely different perspective. And the enemy wants you to look at things negatively. He wants you to feel like you're in that hole. He wants you to feel like you are trapped. He wants you to feel like the fear of failure. No, it's the will to win. The God-given desire that pushes me with what he gives me in order for me to achieve that God-given desire. Because you imagine that. You think that God's going to give you a desire in your heart to believe in it, to have faith in it, so that you have a fear of failing for it? Your motivation can't be the fear of failure. Your motivation needs to be that I can do all things through Christ. Your motivation needs to be, man, God said it. I believe it. Not I'm afraid to fail. Because then you're based off fear, based off doubt. And then the pressures become overwhelming. Then the stress dominates. Instead of it being your ally, it becomes your enemy. Because imagine if you had no pressure, you wouldn't do anything with your life. You wouldn't wake up in the morning. You wouldn't go to work. You wouldn't care about your future. 
And that's not what God wants. God wants you to have more. God gave you something that's going to be some type of pressure, but you can use it positively for your benefit. Because that's what God wants you to do. He wants to see how you react when the going gets tough sometimes. That's life. The pressures are the storms. The pressures are your Goliath. Man, do you think that King Saul, all of God's people were shivering and were afraid of this Goliath. You guys know the story. Saul, King Saul, he was scared. You think that that wasn't some type of pressure? He could have handled it, handled it differently. You think that God couldn't have helped King Saul kill Goliath? But what happened? Everyone there was terrified. But the only one we know the story that knew who is this uncircumcised Philistine is David. That pressure of having to kill this giant, that's a bit, a bit of pressure, huh? No? And some stress. But when you give it to God, man, it doesn't matter how big your giant, how big the storm, what kind of things come against you, man. There's going to be some pressure. But that's good pressure because now you cling to God. That pressure caused you to react and view your life in a certain way. How are you going to react to it? <laughs> Hallelujah. In the first scenario, you feel alone and afraid. You feel that you're fighting for your survival when you need to do something. But when you want and when that desire, man, in the second scenario, you feel a sense of safety, belonging, confidence. Man, because you're confident in God, you know that what you're doing is right. Pressure and stress go hand in hand. Without pressure, you wouldn't stress. And, with, and, and you cannot stress without having some sort of pressure. This is good for our daily lives too, ladies. I mean, this is just something, even someone that doesn't believe in God, but praise the Lord, that's not the case here. Without God, I don't know how people do it. But you could, even see, you could even see how most people that, man, very many successful people that are in this world, you can even read their books. Man, this is a, this is a pr biblical principle. This is real life stuff. Like legit people that look at their lives in this manner. I mean, if they, if they had the Lord, it would be much different. Some of them possibly do. I don't know, but I do know there's people, man, that they act on this principle when they're faced with certain pressures. How do you react to it? These CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, I was reading a bunch of articles from Forbes, Fortune 500. I came up with this, with this uh, uh, you know, they talk about with the workplace, how you as a leader uh, in your job, or if you are a leader in your, in your job, for example, um, or even in ministry, this works all around. How much pressure do you give? You give too little, they don't perform that much. You give too much, then they can be overwhelmed, and then they quit. Your employees is what I'm saying. Or those in the ministry or your brothers, your sisters, your family members, X, Y, Z. This is life. And it's good to understand this because when you get thrown those pressures, man, you, we got to react in a positive way because it's for your benefit. God doesn't give you something for you to fail. So why is it that some people don't achieve the promises that God has for them? How do you view it? Do you think that, do you think that the Virgin Mary, a virgin, a teenage girl, 
An angel shows, and by the way, she was set to marry Joseph. She hadn't married Joseph yet. You guys know this Virgin Mary, correct? Say amen. amen. You think that there wasn't some type of pressure or stress on the Virgin Mary when Gangel Gabriel showed up and tell her, hey, you're going to have, you're going to have the Messiah is going to be born. Jesus Christ is going to be born. You're going to have him. But what do you mean? I'm a virgin. Ah, the spirit of God's going to come at you. That seed has been planted. And amen, she reacted positively, but don't tell me she wasn't stressing or some pressure was on her. First of all, her husband had never laid, her, her, her soon-to-be husband hadn't slept with her. She's a virgin. Can you imagine all the people in the town seeing this pregnant lady not married? They were probably told, do you think there wasn't pressure? You think they didn't think that she was lying about the Messiah being in her womb? Have someone in Miami come out here with pregnant and say, yeah, the Holy Spirit came and I'm going to give birth to the Messiah. <laughs> You're going to believe that? <laughs> we know Jesus is already born, right? Like that's already, it's a, but we believe it. But do you think there wasn't any stresses there? There wasn't any pressure there? Come on, church. There was pressure. But she decided to cling on God, believe in God. And imagine Joseph, the one she was going to marry. Well, she married eventually, I'm saying, in that time. Can you imagine? What do you mean? We've been faithful to God. You're pregnant? Oh, my God, please. That's serious. That's another pressure. We're going to be married and I'll have a... What? But guess what? He was also faithful, too. He didn't allow that pressure because I'm sure that all the people in the town were thinking both of them were sinning. Because it's impossible that this woman's pregnant without having a sexual act. Can we, be, can we talk here, church? That's a pressure. But she said, man, she was obedient to the Lord. And we all know the story. Praise God for her. That good pressure, but she used it for her benefit. And she knew God was never going to leave her nor forsake her. And man, the Lord blessed them. That's good pressure, even though it was a tremendo scenario. Right? Some people don't even think about it and look at it in that matter. We just think of the Virgin Mary. Wow, hallelujah, and praise the Lord for her life. But she went through it. There's another story in the Bible. And this was another kind of pressure. And I'm going to talk about it. We all know the story of Abraham. And uh, his wife, Sarah, if you don't know the story, well, they, I'm going to give you a quick little recap. God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. He was going to have descendants. Well, the problem was time started going by. The Bible says that he was getting, he was very, very old. And his wife, Sarah, wasn't getting any younger. She couldn't bear physically any more children. But yet God promised them that he was going to bear a son. They made mistakes along the way. But I want you to understand, she got hit with this as well. It's not just only Abraham. I want to look at Sarah. I got some scriptures here that later on, I'm not going to go through each and every one of them. I don't have that much time. But this is a pressure and a stress that she felt. Imagine, man, you were, you're, I'm with Abraham, I'm his wife, I'm Sarah, like, I'm supposed to birth a, a, a son, but I am very old. 
That's, that's some pressure. That's some stress. Especially if God gives you a promise. You think God is the one that said it to them while she was still not able to bear, like after she was already old. This is already when she was already, yeah, it's, it's just... It's not your time. Now, you're, now this woman is unfertile, and God tells her that you're going to receive this promise. You're going to have a child. Time goes on. Time goes on. Abraham tried to help, it, help out the situation by sleeping with her, saying, well, you know what? Let's help God because, uh, unfortunately, you're too old. I would have to lay with her, with her servant, and that's what he did. But there was a promise. But before we get to there, to that, to that promise, because we know the story, eventually she did bear, hallelujah. But I want you to look at her first reactions toward this. Look what it says in Genesis 16. I'm just going to go through here when I'm not going to put up all these verses just yet. You can just later on read this, write it down, or just hear this preaching later on. And then you can look it up for yourself on these next verses that I'm going to go through. Instead of her in the beginning allowing the pressure... Instead of her, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Instead of her using the pressure as a positive, she allowed that pressure to negatively affect her. And look at, I'll give you some examples. In Genesis 16, 1 through 3, it said here, she took control and led her husband with her plans. Right after that, in Genesis 16, it says, 1 through 5, it says, she blamed her husband when those plans went wrong. Verse Genesis 16, 6 says, she was angry and harsh at times. Hmm. Here it says in Genesis 18, 12, it says, she scoffed. What does that mean? Mocked. When God promised her something good. So she was basically laughing. These are things that human, human responses, right? She was like, this can't be too, this is too good to be true. I'm angry, I'm upset. Ha, that's not going to happen. And then the last one here, it says, she lied when she was afraid. Okay, she, this was the beginning. Through her shortcomings, she did learn a valuable lesson. And this happens to a lot of us, church. This was a God-given promise. She was under a lot of pressure. She was under stress. But does God do something and give you these pressures and stresses for you to fall? He does it to make us better, stronger. And eventually, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says in Hebrews 11, 11. Put it up there. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Put your hands together, church. I don't know if you're feeling weary. I don't know if you're feeling what type of stress levels you have, what type of pressures you're under, but I promise you one thing, man, if you cling on God, regardless if you don't believe, you probably in the beginning were like Sarah, didn't believe it, probably thought this is too good to be true. If God says it, man, have faith and it will come to pass. And that pressure is going to become your best friend instead of your worst enemy. Because you will receive what God has in store for your life. Come on, church. Even though in the beginning you may doubt, 
Because we all sometimes doubt. There's sometimes you're like, use our, your physical mind instead of your, you know, instead of what God says. We use our, our, our knowledge instead of his. Sometimes it happens. There's so many different men. Can you imagine being Noah in the middle of a huge drought? Noah and the ark? Yeah, build a huge ark. Hadn't rained in I don't know how many years. Everyone there around him, you think he didn't have any pressure? You think his family was saying, everyone, everyone was looking at this guy build this huge ark. The Lord gave him specific instructions. Do you think there wasn't any pressure there? Any some stress levels there? But when you cling to God, there's always a purpose and always a reason for everything. And look, man, he won't ever let you drown because you know what? He tells you to build that ark, whatever X, Y, Z situation or whatever it is that God tells you to do. Man, be obedient and you will not drown. You'll be in that ark. Give yourselves up. Come on. Put your hands together. There's countless, countless, countless stories all throughout the Bible. Now, pressure. Why pressure, man? Why couldn't there be another way? Why can't there be another way, pastor, man, just, if it wasn't for pressure, how is it that you will become the person that God has desired for you to be since before you were even born? You see, how can you shine bright if there is no pressure? Why pressure? Do you know that one of the most valuable minerals on this earth is brought to life when, only it, when it's only under extreme pressure. Diamonds are formed under extreme pressure. The process, this is the process that carbon atoms deep in the earth's core are exposed to extremely high levels of temperature and pressure. These forces cause a reaction. They rearrange themselves into this beautiful crystalline structure that we all have known to call diamonds. You see, you are the diamond in the rough and the only way for you to be exposed, to shine bright, to be the real individual that God has called you to be, man, you're going to have to face some pressures. You're going to have to overcome some obstacles because, man, that's how you are going to be formed into this precious gem. Man, God desires this for his people. You can't just expect to go on through life just sitting around at home, man. God doesn't, God doesn't want that for you. It's time to react in a positive way to these pressures. You may not understand why, but you know what, man? You're going to get through it. You are formed under these pressures. You are a better person because of this. And there is how you'll be able to activate your faith because now you have no other option but to cling on God. He fights your battles for you guys. And the reason why these pressures are there is because it's a test. God wants you to, God wants you, man, God wants to see how you react to this. It's going to happen. Don't ask God, man, you can't, 
Obviously, like I said before, there is good and bad. Don't, don't now start praying to God now. I mean, don't get too religious on me, church. Just ask, man, when, the, when something comes, whatever it is that may come, and if this is here to make you better, to make you stronger. These are the tests in life. And sometimes it's hard, but listen, this is what's going to mold you to be able to trust in God today. And then tomorrow you may have another issue or another pressure, man. Cling on God. Grab onto God. Grab a hold of God. And you're going to see, man, if God got me through there yesterday, he's going to get you through it today and tomorrow and the next day.